G'day guys, Clint here from WaterPro and I'm recording episode number 49 of The Full Landscape with Jade from Tassie Artificial Turf. Uh, I've never met Jade before, this is the first time we've ever had a conversation um, and we've done it over Zoom obviously uh, being that he's in Tassie. Um, and that it's not that easy to travel between the states at the moment. So uh, Jade has uh, the artificial turf business and does a lot of uh, landscape work in Launceston and supplies artificial turf to people in Tasmania. Uh, I think, uh, well, you'll need to watch. He's got a bit of a, um, a few surprising things that you'll see about him personally and some things that he can do at the end of the podcast. Uh, if you're interested in getting in touch with him, we'll put his details in the description section. Other than that, sit back, relax, and enjoy. To get started, um, if you could just introduce yourself uh, to the audience, uh, obviously people watching and listening uh, on their different platforms, give us a bit of an idea of um, where you are, what you do, um, don't forget your name, we've had that one before. And then I guess how you got to the, the, the point where you're running a business doing uh, turf in Tassie. Hey guys, I'm Jay, I'm from uh, Launceston, Tasmania. And I've got a business, Tassie Artificial Turf. So that's specialising in artificial turf. Um, yep. and um, so I sort of started this about 10 years ago. And uh, from every year since starting it, the business has grown, grown dramatically and now in a position where we're doing the uh, you know, many, many square metres of installs of, of synthetic turf around Tassie. So I started when I was 17 years old. So what uh, what, what part of Tassie are you based in? So in Launceston, so that's in the north of the state. Um, we sort of work statewide. Um, we've sort of got a couple of subcontractors who do a bit for us in, in those regions outside of our area. But, um, yeah, so in the, in the north. And did you um, – was this something that you kind of – so you started the business – did you say when you were 17? No, so I started landscape when I was, when I was 17. So out of college. Yep. yep, working for someone? Then, yeah, working for someone. So I did my apprenticeship under one of the bigger landscapers here in Launceston, Patrick Graham Landscaping. And, um, yeah, sort of did that for, uh, what do we got? Yeah, maybe uh, six years or thereabouts. And then did a bit of travelling overseas. And then um, got back to got back to Tasmania and decided that I would have a crack at something. A little bit different, I suppose. Yep. Um, with a little bit of had, had a bit of experience with the you know synthetic turf back working for the landscaper and, and back then in you know 2000 yeah before 2010 um, we quite often had trouble sourcing products and, and you know there was a, a long wait time on on getting the products to, to, yep. to us so that we could do the job so I saw a bit of an opening in the market to you know um, import products and, and have them here ready to go and then hopefully supply other landscapers and, and do-it-yourself customers. So you've um, so the, the artificial turf or the um, yeah, well, the artificial turf that you're installing that's your own brand or your own product that you bring in. Well, yeah, I started importing from overseas, so I've got quite a lot from China and New Zealand. Yep. Um, yep. But since then, I've, I've now turned over as of two years ago. Um, as of two years ago, I've come, come to all Australian-made products, so that's been that's been good for business, and um, certainly my clients are appreciating that side of thing. That's pretty cool. Um, so, what was the driver to do that? Was it just like did you feel like there was a, um, an I guess a need to, um, I guess support Australian, or were you having supply issues, or? No, no supply issues at all. Um, I just sort of, I'd always had the odd 
uh, Australian made product and decided that, um, you know, late 2019 was a good time to start considering it. Yep. And that was just before COVID. So I had plans in place to, to start, um, you know, having only Australian made products from sort of March onwards. And the timing couldn't have been any better because um, a lot of the other, other people I know in the industry have had lots of uh, troubles with uh, freighting and, and then and, and, and stock coming from overseas. So, uh, but yeah, the main thing was, um, yeah, knowing my mentality, um, you know, trying to support lo- local products and local businesses, I knew that this would be a good thing for, for my business and um, it certainly has been. It's, it's, you know, the growth I've had since, since switching over to, to purely Australian made products has been huge. And um, I don't know, I feel better about myself as well. Is it being made in Tassie or are you bringing it over from the mainland? No, in Melbourne, yeah. So there's yep. a factory in Melbourne, which obviously make it and then it's just shipped over to, yep. to Launceston and that's where I sort of, you know, hold it and then obviously give it to landscapers and do it yourself customers and obviously a lot of my so I'm using that particular product as well. So Launceston, I've been to Launceston a while back. We went to Farm Boogle for a golf uh, thing. I don't know, three or four years ago now. Um, obviously, the Tassie's quite a um, uh, environmentally beautiful place, and it's quite green. And I mean, who's looking at using artificial turf in Tassie? I guess compared to using natural turf, and is there is it a climatic thing, or is it a um, is it because houses are, are getting smaller? Like, are you getting population density, or why why is artificial popping now or, or recently? I'm certainly smaller. Uh, building blocks so that's my that's my backyards a lot smaller and and synthetic turf is certainly uh, a better option in those smaller places um, we do a lot of work at schools child care so that's becoming really popular in those really high wear areas um so early in the piece uh, sorry when we first started talking you were saying that you um you do artificial turf and landscaping so is um what it was kind of talk me through the progression so you've obviously gone and done your um your apprenticeship or your early stage working with Patrick Graham, then did you go straight into artificial or did you start doing landscaping for a period? Yeah, so when I started the the turf business, the synthetic turf business, um, it certainly started off very much so part-time. So there wasn't the awareness in in the actual products or or whatever back in 2010, but as the years grew on, it became more of a a full-time project but yeah certainly the first three or four years i was doing let's say one day a week of, of turf and the other four were were landscaping with patrick still so um okay. yeah that's sort of how it worked but then over the years as you can imagine things just picked up more um i marketed the products better um people were more aware of, of, of what they were you know what the products could could do and achieve in their backyards but in saying that yeah i, I still landscape quite a lot and you know that is my passion the turf something that just sort of came about in regards to an, an opportunity and, and, a, and, a, and a need to, to meet the market. And, and mainly for those other landscapes, that was the, the theory to try and help others have the product. And I guess in the meantime, I've become quite good at um, doing the installation process, which has, um, yeah, proved to be quite, um, you know, good financially, I suppose, to be good at a, a niche sort of market. Um, and then, on top of all that, I'm trying to educate others about how to how to you know install the product better so that turf continues well, synthetic turf continues to have a good name. Did you do you find that the landscapers that you're working with would rather just have you do a supply and install, and they'll just leave you a pad, and then you just come in and install it? Is that like are you dealing on that kind of basis? Yeah, that's happening quite often. Yeah, there's probably half a dozen landscapers in around Launceston um, that that do that. So I'll, I'll be their go-to man. They'll just call me and say, "Yep, we've got a." 
or pad, pad of uh, this dimension, um, yep. you know, and I'd go in and, and do it for them. Um, but yeah, quite often there's other landscapers that do tackle the, the project themselves, if, as long as it's not too big. But I try and educate, I try and set them up. Um, I have like a monthly newsletter where I try and um, send out some advice on, on uh, you know, different installation techniques and that type of thing. But um, yeah, I'm all about helping others. And, and obviously in, in that process, I'm, I'm selling too. So um, it's good it's good for everybody. What's the, um, I guess the last, was, uh, let's go, obviously COVID 19s on the front of a lot of people's minds. Um, it's, I try to make these podcasts as evergreen as possible, but it's, it's kind of hard to shy away from the fact that we've just had, you know, the biggest interruption of, of most businesses in a long time. Um, how, I guess I haven't been watching Tassie specifically, but I'm assuming you've been watching the rest of Australia. How have you seen how the rest of Australia has um, been impacted compared to Tassie? And then I, I guess talk to me through how, like, has your, have you had any bad months since then or has, has Tassie kind of been protected a little bit from all this? Yeah, certainly protected in regards to the, the number of COVID cases a day and, and the, the um, you know, we are living quite a normal life down here. So that's really positive. And yeah, in regards to the landscape and construction industry, it's, it's absolutely boom. There's, there's never been this much work. Um, quite, I'm quite often saying to, to my clients, I've never, ever been this busy in a winter. So quite often you know, in the winter is a time where you can get away for a couple of holidays to Queensland and, and um, you know, really um, slow down a bit and, and do more work on your business and, and not in your business. But this year it's just been pretty constant and, yeah, like months and months of work booked up ahead, whereas previous winters you might be two or three weeks booked up, um, you know, in those winter. Because winter is quite harsh down here. We get we get a bit more rain than, than most other states, I suppose. So it is... Yeah. Um, it is pretty pretty average to be a landscaper, but yeah, in particular this year it's been been pretty crazy. It's been you, it's been busy. So. Do you have staff? I'm assuming you have to have some. Yeah, staff. Yeah, no, I've got staff. So I've got some some subcontractors subcontractors that I use. Yep. Um, sort of those couple in other parts of the state, and then a local one here in Launceston who who will do a bit more of the bigger earth moving jobs for me. And then I've just got one apprentice. So me uh, myself and Michael will work together on most projects that, that we're sort of doing yep. um, and that sort of keeps us under control but we we do that in a, um, a pretty effective and, and smart way so that um, you know we're, we're sort of on the job three to four days a week yep do do you th I guess I'm guessing you follow um, a lot of landscapers and, and I guess people in the community on Instagram that, that would be fair is that yeah, no, I like Instagram is a really good one for networking and, um, and getting ideas and, and actually learning as well. So I've, I've done a lot of learning over the years on Instagram and got some pretty good connections, certainly in the in the turf industry as well as the landscaping um, industry. Yep. So what do you, I guess, what how does the landscape industry differ in Tasmania, in your opinion, from the rest of Australia, if at all? Like obviously Melbourne and Sydney have got their own space and then Adelaide seems to have its own space and then, yeah. What are you, are you seeing yeah. like natural, nat, with um, natural stone and, you know, what's what's kind of happening down there? Yeah, so we don't have a landscape association, whereas you guys do in South Australia. I think mean, most other states have a, uh, a landscape association. So we had one a few years ago, but it unfortunately shut down. There just wasn't enough interest. Um, and I don't know if you know much about Tasmania, but there's a bit of a divide between the north and the south of the state. You hear about it a bit in the footy um, in the football. But, um, yeah, so for that reason, the, the landscape association shut down. Um, it hasn't affected anything too much, but certainly when that was there, that did increase the professionalism 
of, of landscapers, I guess, down here. But um, what I'd say about the industry is that it's um, we're not doing it anywhere near as bigger projects um, down here as, as there is on you know in Melbourne and, and Sydney type thing. Um, as in, so, you, when you say you mean residentially, as I'm big saying or? top end, high end, yep. you know, over two hundred thousand dollar projects. So they don't come around all that often. Um, yep. You know, we are a little bit simple there. You know, I don't want to say that in a bad way for Tasmanians, but we're pretty minimalist, I suppose. So you don't need yep. much to. Um, so yeah, there's not there's not that big a market for those really top end projects. They they do come around, of course. Um, yep. But yeah, a lot of our jobs are you know on just your, your normal residential job where you might have some instant turf and irrigation and you know mulch beds and, and a couple of um, you know paved areas type things. So that that's a pretty standard job for, for the majority of landscapers down here, I, I would say. Yep. Um, but yeah, there certainly is those bigger jobs, but that's probably where you know the Melbourne area and Geelong area. Uh, probably differ a bit because they've got those. They've got a lot of work going on at that top end level, I guess. Did you? Um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. The um, from a, I, I'm curious around an irrigation standpoint. Obviously, Tassie's yep. climate's a lot different. Adelaide gets quite hot through summer, and it's kind of just a necessity when if you get a landscape done at your house, you get irrigation. Is that the case down there, or do you kind of rely on rainfall for turf and? Like, no, irrigation is essential. Yeah, so in the summer yeah. we're getting we're getting hot hot months, um, yeah. and yeah, we, we need to install the irrigation. Yeah, so I'm I'm doing quite a few um, you know fully computerized irrigation systems um, you know every year, um, yeah. but yeah, I'd say it's, I'd say it isn't essential, especially if the budget's there to to provide it. Um, yeah. Definitely required, you know, from October through until sort of um, you know March April yeah. down here. That's the sad. Sad thing about irrigation is it's kind of one of the first things that'll get cut when the budget's not there, um, because it's you know oh, oh, we'll, we'll just water it ourselves or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, certainly yeah, when I'm landscaping, I try and push it pretty hard, and I think the investment pays for itself pretty quick, especially if you want to actually have a garden that looks good and and looks healthy. Um, yeah. Having irrigation is pretty important. So yeah, I, I, yeah, quite often we'll we'll certainly make a point of. Um, signing the clients up to, a, to an irrigation system and, and certainly having that computerised as well takes the um, takes the pressure off them for you know, switching them on at the tap or, or whatever. So, is the artificial turf kind of a gateway drug for your landscaping business? Like is, are people kind of finding you through artificial and then going, oh, um, while you're here, can you do the paving or can you do the retaining walls or is it? I guess yeah, oh, yeah, that's really big. Yeah, so I sort of market the business as a you know a landscaping company. So, but um, yeah, it's not very often. I'm just going into a into a, a homeowner's place and, and doing turf. That does happen, yeah. but yeah, most of the time I'm um, I'm doing a bit of you know it's a decorative. Doesn't doesn't do much. I don't like it. I just don't like paving. So I try and steer away. Try and handle those off to others. Um, retainer walls, do, do the odd retainer wall, but same sort of thing. I don't want to be doing that. I want to do the things that um, we sort of specialise in and, and are, are good at. So, but yeah, starting to get into a bit more of the design work at the moment. So, um, I've actually been inspired by your podcast and a couple of others. So, um, I'm doing a, doing a little bit more of that of late and trying to push, you know, more of the, um, you know, the horticulture side of my trade, I suppose. Um, have you done a, a, a trade like did you complete do that were you doing a landscape apprenticeship yeah. when you with, when you were working for Patrick so you finished that was that like a right, yeah, so, yeah so I got a certificate three in horticulture specializing in landscaping 
and yep. then went back to TAFE. When I was qualified, I went back to TAFE in my own time and, and did cert for um, in, in horticulture. So that's where I learned a little bit more about the design phase of, of the work and, and did a little bit of work on CAD during that um, my 12 to 18 months. So that was good and, and I'm glad I've done that. But now it's probably up to me to spend a bit more time on CAD and, and get the hang of that a bit better and, and then try and um, chase a few more design jobs and, and uh, do a bit more of that. Um, so um, what I guess I'm interested to understand what the plan is. You've got obviously the artificial business. Um, that's I'm assuming that's the bulk of your income. So it'll be the manner manner of matter of managing it. Um, certainly the synthetic turf is busy from you know when the when we get a little bit better weather. So that's sort of September through until March April. So that's when you know pretty much every week of my life is is turf um, synthetic. Um, I started a new business recently, um, which markets um, pushes both types of turf, so instant or, or you know natural turf and the synthetic turf. So I'm interested to see how that goes. Um, and then on the on the side of that, I'll start doing doing the design work in the background, um, and I'll obviously continue to um, yeah do do landscaping as part of the the turf projects and and to, to clients who who want me who, who come to me I suppose rather than actually you know advertising or anything like that. So. At the moment, you know, I'm doing, um, you know, let's say two or three landscape, pure, purely landscaping jobs a month, um, and that's just through clients, you know, existing clients or, or um, you know, referrals from, from others that, that come to me for that work. Um, on top of all that, we've got a, a couple of excavators and bobcats and, and whatnot. So that sort of gets us through the winter generally. Um, yep. Just keep nice and busy, and then the turf, it's much, it's much nicer and more uh, efficient to, to do it when it's warmer. So, um, you know, that's why I say sort of September onwards, that's when we when we focus on that synthetic turf. But I like um, doing everything because I know that synthetic turf isn't necessarily the most amazing thing for the environment and it's not, it's not going to be there in 50 years, let's say. So I'm aware of that in my own mind, I suppose. Um, so yeah, there is a really there is a need for it. Um, it does have its place. Um, it's certainly not good for your irrigation industry. <laughs> I wasn't going to bring that. I wasn't going to bring that up. <laughs> no, I think it's important to, to to discuss it. And but I suppose when you've got you know, for example, I'm, I'm on projects all the time. We've got the south side of a house. Um, you know, what do you put there if you want it looking somewhat nice or, or colourful? Um, you know, you don't want to put concrete down. Uh, pebble sometimes becomes a bit much. Mulch can be untidy. Synthetic turf is a, is a good option in that scenario. Um, you know, doing a you know over 100 square metre pad in someone's backyard, I, I don't necessarily agree with. I'll, I'll do it to um, you know to 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 uh, fulfil the client's needs, I suppose. But yep. yeah, do I necessarily 100% agree with in regards to our environment, etc.? Not necessarily. Yeah, I think that's a fair point. And that's something that we've talked about internally. Like, obviously, we don't sell artificial. I've, I've got a landscape supplies yard. And I think we might sell some, but we don't stock it um, because it kind of, we, we, my whole business has been irrigation and no one's watering their artificial mm -hmm. turf. But um, I, yeah, there's, we, we're seeing a lot more with population density in the city. That there's just no other way to do it. Like, you, you kind of, you've got a, a courtyard home with a front lawn of two meters by two meters. It's not even worth having a lawnmower. Like, it just doesn't make sense to me. On jobs all the time, where do you put that lawnmower? If your garage yep. is a, you know, three meters or six meters, where do you actually physically put that lawnmower? So yep. that's where that's where I see, you know, 
there's no other also there is not many other options to other than synthetic to to give you your 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 little bit and a bit of life. Um, yeah, that's where I, I generally use it, um, and definitely the schools and those really high wear areas. Um, you know, quite often they have rubber softball in the place, and I think it looks really good against that. And um, it does, you know, soften the air somewhat where where you've got you know thousands of kids running over the same spot every day. You know, um, concrete certainly not an option, and, and natural earth just won't last five minutes. So, yeah. Yep. Um, you, earlier, you, you mentioned that you've done a lot of learning from podcasts, um, obviously one of them being the full landscape, which you're on now, but who else are you kind of listening to and, and what are you, where are you getting your, your podcasts? Like what's, what's your go-to podcasts at the moment? Yeah, I really love podcasts. I probably got onto them about 18 months ago, just starting. Yeah. Um, if I wake up at 4am and start thinking about stuff or whatever, rather than lying there, Getting up, I'll, I'll, I'll get a fast going. Um, but yeah, so I'm into yours. I've listened to quite a few of yours. There's another one in Victoria, the Front Garden. That's a really good one. Uh, and my man from Install Gardens. I'm just trying to think of his. He's in Victoria. He's in Geelong. Yeah. I was actually on his podcast. So I know what it's called. Oh, it's, it's called the Landscaping Podcast. So that's quite yeah. a popular one. He's only just started that one. Um, yep. I like those because but yeah, I usually listen to like the um, self help type motivational podcast uh, from yep. the US. There's quite a few of those. Um, any, any, it's amazing. You just type in any subject and you'll and you'll get you know 20 different results of um, podcasting. Yeah, it's pretty amazing that it's that it's there now. I think there's no excuse for people like the the internet has just kind of leveled the playing field for so many, and you can kind of go learn about ultimately anything um, on YouTube or wherever yeah. else kind of um, even if you have to pay for the information, but there's, there's so much out there. Um, I can't remember the last time mm. I listened to a, a radio station. I think, well, I can I generally, if I get in my wife's car, she's got some bullshit playing um, and there's, it's just ads and the same 10 songs on repeat for the day. But um, yeah. I just, if I'm in the car, I'm listening, I'm, I'm either listening to YouTube or listening to, I know listening to YouTube yeah. sounds funny, but yeah, listening to YouTube or listening to podcasts, and it's just, and then you kind of get to a point. Yeah. I had my wife like, how did you know that? I'm like, uh, listen to it in a podcast. And cause you, I, I said this to the guys yesterday, like, like filling your mind with positive thoughts and, and new knowledge is it gives you a better feeling than filling your mind with bullshit. And the, the news and the sitcoms and the radio, it's all bullshit. Like it's all just like, um, what do you call it? Like, um, net, like the news, especially. It's just everything that's going wrong. Whereas I think with the podcast, yeah. you, you know, you know, we, we have a conversation like this, and you're like, "Tell me about, you know, your biggest successes, and tell me about the jobs that you're doing, and tell me, and like, it's all about trying to be better and grow your business and be more successful." And I think it just, if the more people can talk like that, the the better the world's going to get. I think. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And, um, I said to my friends the other day, I'm like, what are you interested in? Like, um, you know, we're talking about a few of the subjects he's doing in tape and I'm like, just just get onto it, Google it, uh, YouTube it, watch a video about a particular subject and, you know, in five minutes you can you can learn quite a bit off a, off a YouTube video. Um, yep. I'm following one on on, um, on YouTube, it's a Australian company up in on the Sunshine Coast, um, Odyssey Landscape, so he's doing an episode a week, so a 20-minute yep. episode a week. That's just the one to... To get onto, I watch most of his uh, um, episodes, and yep. it's you know obviously it's completely to what I'm doing, and 
yeah, I'm actually doing doing some thinking about that. I'm, I'm, I'd love to, you know, a video then for uh, whether it's a week or or two weeks and um, and try and come up with some some content for that. Um, yep. I do a little bit on YouTube. I made a couple of videos, um, but yeah, that's something that I'm really interested in. I think it's just um, that's pretty good. Yeah, especially if you're in that industry and you see how other guys are doing it, you definitely learn from that. And, you know. Yeah, and, you know, I, I um, I've enough. I haven't been doing enough lately. Like we've been, I've got what I took one and a half videographers and a full-time graphic designer. And I, I guess I get so caught up in like running my business that I forget to film and actually post stuff. Like, you know, if you hadn't reached out to me, I would have been, I'm just cruising along like la la la. And then a month later I haven't done a podcast. And I think um, because podcasting is like a side thing for me, I get, you kind of get caught up running your business and then, um, you know, it's funny if people really watch my stuff, when we're quiet, you'll see me disappear from social. Like my Instagram gets quiet. My YouTube gets quiet. As soon as we start being busy again, you'll see my channels. Like if, if, if you wanted to, like if our competitors wanted to know how busy I was, you just look at the content and you'll get a pretty good idea of what's going on. Um, yeah. I think for you, if you wanted to start doing it, it's, it's not that difficult to try and I guess you can reach out to uh students like we've got one of the guys that works for us is still at uni what's he like third year at uni Aiden? yeah so he's at uni doing yeah, I, out of I was just going to chuck an Adam Gumtree this weekend and say you know yeah try, try and get somebody in for a day and just see how they go see what they can see what they can do for me because yeah I just I reckon that'd be cool and I was telling my acupuncture lady the other day like we're talking about um how active I am and and how crazy I go sometimes on jobs and you know exercise and, um exercise wise and she's like you know i nearly can't believe you know what you're doing what you're telling me but i'm like i'm gonna get i'm gonna get a video guy to come with me and he can yep. film what i'm doing and um so yeah i think it'd be cool and yeah i think it'd be good for good for others to see you know in the industry order well it's interesting and like i guess tasmania is so far off my radar like you know we've we obviously adelaide's um you know, a market that I'm conscious of. Melbourne's a market that we kind of spend time in because of the Melbourne International Flower and Garden Show and the time that we've spent over there in Melbourne. Have you got Melbourne and Queensland? What's that? Have you got a in Melbourne? No, we're likely to open in Melbourne. I'd say Melbourne. I don't know. Like, If COVID hadn't happened, we probably would have had other shops in other states in the next year. At the moment, um, we're just kind of... I don't know, in a holding pattern, really. It feels like we're just sitting here. I, I did have a, I had a, a Zoom or a cyber beer with a mate of mine last night. Um, and we got talking yeah. about how I think a lot of businesses at the moment, business, if anyone, if a business owner was going to have, especially in our market, if a business owner was going to have a, a weak point where they were like for sale for a low price, it was going to be in the last 50 days. So it would have been like, it could have been an opportunity for us to go kind of try and buy a business's in the last 50 days um but we're in the same boat you know we had a shitty month and um you know we weren't going to go chasing new, like opening businesses but melbourne is on our horizon we've got i've got a plan for melbourne but i think my team are more interested in going to queensland before we go to melbourne um just because the weather's nice <laughs> nicer and people um i think my team it'd be easier for me to find people to go live in uh, queensland and, and run it up head it up for me so yeah yeah do you go there much? Well, when yeah, I travel not... quite a bit. 
haven't have done for a little while because of the, uh, the, the current situation. But, um, yeah, I'm quite often going over to Melbourne to my suppliers and, and the contractors that I know over there and, um, yeah, continue that networking, you know, and you know, the flower garden show and that type of thing. I'm all, uh, always making my business to be there for that yeah. one. Um, yeah. Yeah. We were meant to go to the last one. So obviously the March last year. So not, yeah. not, not much. And um, we had 30 landscapers come to Melbourne with us. So I'd, I'd organised a, a trip um, with, like I said, 30 landscapers. And we had to cancel. We had like, you know, 30 hotel rooms booked. It was all all organised. And like, obviously, we were, I was... Yeah, that was well, I didn't. I just kind of thought COVID would blow over. I was like, oh, no, we should be all right. We'll just go. We'll still be fine. We'll go. But yeah, obviously, no such luck. So, yeah, um, it's, a, but, it's a pretty one for trying to organize anything out of your state, that's for sure. Yeah. And that's, it really bothers me. Like, we had a lockdown here at the end of July for a week. And it just, I struggle so much when we're not operating like it sounds like you're a pretty active human being as well and like being top, shut down you couldn't, you couldn't stay open you're what's that? Front. we weren't shut you're, down so you're... we just weren't we just had no customers so our customers had to shut down so all the um, landscapers couldn't work uh landscapers were shut for seven days no work no work on site so <laughs> wow. um we and so like it's it's kind of like um, the government going like you can stay open by all means you're a, you're a necessary service but you're not going to make any money because none of your customers are allowed to, to trade so it was it was kind of pointless us being open yeah. but I kind of yes. I guess I think for my mental sanity and then I've got staff I've got I guess team members that live on their own that you yeah. know are either d- divorced or single or um, for whatever reason, choose to live on their own and work such an important part of their life because they get out of the house. And so even for those guys, it was just nice to be able to have a place to come and actually do something. Because like my team, I've got a really good team and they all want to work, right? None of these guys are here because they need enough money to do something. They like their job. So when they've been told they can't work for a period, it, it's like yeah. disruptive to their mental well-being. I think. So we just stayed open because it felt like the right thing to do and we lost... 50 grand in that week and then we come back. Yeah. 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 And these are, do you think about the amount of shit that's going on in New South Wales right now? There is no way there aren't people hurting more than that and that they're just going to shut their business down and give up. Like it's, it's very, yeah. very real. Like where I think your Tassie's just as lucky as SA, probably more lucky. Like where we've been quite insulated to the effects of COVID-19, however you want to look at it. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally agree. But you waited. If there's a, there was a, there was a chance of a case down the other day, and, and the government, yeah, they bloody they, they shut the whole state down on the on the back of a, you know, a one in whatever hundred thousand chance of a case. Um, you yep. wait. If there's if there's one sniffle of a of a case down here, the, the whole state will they will go into a, a very lockdown like you guys did the other day. So you have you had any lockdowns yet? Yeah, there was a there was a, a couple of little outbreaks early in the in the you know March or, or April last year, and that shut yeah. you know local football down. But business wise, we could still operate as a landscaper. There was no trouble with us. Well, that was the thing we had at the first, and it's kind of I, I don't understand how it's any different. But in April last year, we had a period where they had people working from home, and I guess it was a lockdown. I can't even remember, but 
all the businesses were allowed to stay open. So we were able to do click and collect. So people were coming in and buying mulch and all that. And like railways had a bump. I mean, Waterpro struggled, but railways had a massive month. And I, I don't, yeah, it just felt like, I think construction is a really interesting one because yeah. construction makes up such a large portion of the, of the national um, employment and income. And when it stops, it seems like I'm sure that there's safe ways for us to do construction, but look, I'm not a politician or a, or a, um, or a doctor. So um, my yeah. opinion, just my say, opinion. All, every, uh, every landscape yard that are going to down here in the session, they say they've had their best year ever. So I can only imagine you'll be in a similar Last year, our winter, July and August was really bad. Like, um, it just uh, we have we've had the wettest winter we've had for ten years, and landscapers just haven't been able to get any work done. So we kind of had a really wet July coupled with a lockdown, and we've I think really today's probably like the fourth day that feels like the edge of spring that we've had, and so it's really starting to feel like spring. I don't know if you're getting that down there yet, but it just feels like like it's just so close now. and I know that Sydney and Melbourne need it even more than we do, but I think we just need a nice, strong, hot season to, especially as an irrigation business, but even for the construction industry, just to be able to get some some work done uninterrupted from weather and then obviously COVID. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't agree more. Hopefully, hopefully it does come for you. Hopefully. So what's the, um, I guess, how far forward are you planning at the moment? Are you like three-year plan, five-year plan, 10-year plan? What are you going to be like, the biggest artificial turf company in the country? What's the goal? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm quite comfortable and um, content, I suppose, with sticking to my own state. But, yeah, um, put, sort of plan, planned it sort of four or five years ago to, to be, um, you know, big in Tassie. So I, starting the business, I was sort of the first one to do it and the first one to market it and, you know, the first one to create videos and content. So I've got a bit of a head start on, on other guys selling, you know, artificial turf. Um, so, yeah, trying to continue to, to maintain that, um, yep. trying to stay ahead of the pack by, you know, using those Australian-made products, having having the best products on the market, um, being, being competitive with pricing, even if it's against those, you know, imported products. Um, I guess um, educa- education to clients um, about you know, why, how products are different to, to other ones on the market um, and certainly pushing that professionalism with the install side of things and, and um, yeah, a, a recent do-it-yourself, a, a recent installation video has proved to be, you know, super popular and, and that's won me so much work, um, both do-it-yourself customers as well as, um, you know, the full install uh, process because people appreciate uh, I guess the skills uh, involved in, in doing a job properly and then also the, the do-it-yourself so you can watch it 10 times and think, oh, yeah, we can do that, that ourselves. Um, so, yeah, that's been really, really popular. Um, but, yeah, continuing the, continuing the, the, you know, three or four parts of my business to, to maintain. And um, But, yeah, I guess the design part of my career is hopefully going to step up a little bit over the next six to 12 months. And, Hopefully, you know, if we talk again in 12 months, I've, I've done, you know, a few sets of plans and, and created a bit of income from that and a bit of fulfilment and enjoyment from, from doing that, I suppose. Um, I'd like to like to think I'll be good at that um, if I put time into it, just like anything in life, if you if you put some time into it and, and obviously set those goals, um, yeah, it's amazing what will come of it. 
we, I guess I often ask people like if, if there's anything that you would change about, I guess, building a business um, if you had the opportunity. And most of the time people say, oh no, everything has its, you know, like I've learned lessons from the stuff that's hurt me. And I guess, is there anything that you would change about what you've done in business so far that might be a benefit to other people listening that are about to start? Yeah, definitely. There's probably one thing I'm probably still struggling with because it's probably just in my mentality and my nature, but yeah, having trust in others and um, probably, yeah, delegating a little bit and handballing off projects projects to other contractors or, or, or other staff members. That's probably something I struggle with. So hopefully um, I can be better at that. Um, that's probably something that I struggle with is, is yeah, maybe maybe not getting the outside help that I need to, to make my life a bit simpler. Um, what else is, yeah, I guess, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's probably the main, the main thing for me is, 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 is growing trust in us, I suppose. So when you're not working, what are you doing? Like what keeps you busy outside of work? Uh, so yeah, I'll so do a bit of that in the winter. Um, I'm pretty active. So yeah, a bit of running and, and trial triathlons is my um, summer sort of sport, I suppose. Um, so we've got a little place down uh, down the beach, uh, about an hour away. So we spend a fair bit of time down there in the in the summer. And yeah, got two two children. So the little boy, little fourteen month year old boy, and, and an eight year old girl. So they keep keep us quite busy as well. So I try and manage. I try and make the business you know fitted with my lifestyle. So generally. Fridays is a day where I try and you know have that bit of time with the family and, and the odd uh, quote, I suppose, is, is where I try and lock those in for. So that, you know, hopefully we're only sort of working Monday to Thursday at, at a maximum and then have that Friday on standby for um, you know, a couple of those quotes that I don't, don't get to during the week. And then, yeah, we have Friday, Sunday, Sunday, weekend. How fast can you run five kilometres? Um, my PB is 17 minutes and 58 seconds. So it's not bad, but I'd like to go a little bit quicker. What's your favorite? <laughs> uh, 24 minutes, maybe. I'm not, um, I'm a very heavy runner. I weigh 125 kilos. So um, that's not a bad time, then, I reckon. Yeah, I reckon I'll, I'll have to look at my Strava. It's been a while between uh, between runs, and I, I, I'm trying to fall in love with running. I think it's something that would be very healthy for me um, because of the amount of like time alone with my mind, I guess it's meditative and you'd probably be able to attest to that more than I, because I don't run enough. Um, I'm going to try and log in while I've got you on here so you can see what it is. But um, I was running semi-regularly. I was doing like a... I'm seeing if yeah, I... Jump, jump on Strava. You can search for me on Strava and you can see what I'm up to. Um, yeah, my advice for you in regards to exercising and getting fit, or I always say to people, it's easier easier to stay fit than get fit. So yeah, maintaining much easier said than done. But at the end of the day, um, yeah, probably my advice to you would be to the first thing you're doing today, get up and exercise. Don't say, oh yeah, I'll do it this afternoon. Get up, have your clothes out ready, and um, I'm not sure you're living somewhere where you can walk out the front door and go for a run. Yeah, yeah, I can. I'm just. I want to try and log in. I reckon I might have misled you. I reckon much. I, I don't. I reckon five minute kilometers, like low five minutes, would probably be where I was at. Oh, here we go. I found yeah. it. Let's have a look here. Minutes. This is this is going to be super interesting for absolutely no one. But just because you're a runner, let's use this opportunity to. I'm really interested. What do you? What's your? What are you on Strava, Jade? Jade, yeah, look up Jade. Charlie. 
J A. Yeah. Spell me. I didn't hear your last name. Jade Child. C H I. Jade Child. Beautiful. Got it. Here we are. What have you been up to? Yeah, fuck that. <laughs> I better go for a run now. I feel really, I feel really, really. That's, that's, un- a, little, that's a little job for, um, I play footy tomorrow, so I didn't want to do too much. Where are we? I'm trying to find activities. Here we go. I, this is, I, I haven't been logged into the app for that long. Um, I'm trying <laughs> to find something that I might have done. Nope. Nothing good. Oh, four. No, that's a walk. Anyway, I reckon I reckon I've done. I was running. I've got a little a loop near my house. It's four point one two k's, which is kind of like yeah. a good run. You know, a good. Well, it's meant to be a twenty minute run, twenty two minute run or something. Um, yeah. But um, I need. I just haven't done it for a long time. Uh, what was that? Four k's at six thirty a k. I think if I can get into the fives, um, I'm pretty comfortable. But yeah, seventeen minutes is fucking nuts. Yeah. What's the so world record? What was? Yeah. No, no, we're running I'm gonna like You're going to set me a challenge. Oh, here we go. I'm set for fun live on this podcast. <laughs> All right, let's throw it at me. Tomorrow morning, Saturday. Tomorrow morning, Saturday, the 21st of August. I want you to. I want you to run a 5k. Oh fucking hell! All right. You do the park runs over there. There's a park. There should be yeah, a park they do. I've there. been to one park run. I don't. I, park. You know what's funny? Park run was. There's a few things that piss me off about it. One, it means that it turns your run into a fucking activity, which like takes. So if I want to go for a run, I can go for a run and it's 25 minutes and I'm back. Park run, you got to go play a place, stand there, wait for the start, do the run, yeah. stand around afterwards, talk to people who I don't want to talk to, <laughs> and, then, and then you're done. I think the good part about it was I've never ran so fast in my life, right? Because you yeah. get that because I've, I've got I was I had someone running in front of me and I was like, I'm not letting you beat me, you fucker. Yeah. I'm coming after you. <laughs> and they didn't know that I was trying to destroy them. In my head, I'm like, I'm coming after you, I'm coming after you. So <laughs> uh, um, I did, I yeah. found that it was good. I just found that there was too much um, rigmarole around. It, it became like, I'm really busy. I don't need to pad my morning out with a, like stand around and drink coffee with a bunch of people I don't know and then go for a run together. So um, I did recently, it's really funny that we're talking about this. I had a look, uh, some, one of my uh, friends uh, who I haven't seen for a long time, was running here in Adelaide and there's a guy that does some running coaching here. And I think that's probably more rather than a park run. I think I probably need a running coach and then obviously to run yeah. with those guys as a group to learn. Cause I don't, I've never been, I know this sounds stupid, but you'll understand. I've never been taught how to run. So my technique would be my, my, my legs, my stride would be wrong. My feet would be wrong. Like mm. I know that I'm, I wouldn't be running efficiently and successfully. So Oh God! All right, I'll do a five k run for you tomorrow. It can't necessarily be tomorrow morning. I have a very crazy day. Um, no excuses. I need you to get up early. Get up early. Set your set your alarm clock for thirty minutes earlier and put a little torch on and get it done. I'll put it on Instagram. Take your Instagram with you and and post it to all your followers. I reckon that I reckon <laughs> that you'll get a few more followers. <laughs> I don't think I'm ever going to get any more followers, man. <laughs> I think I'm, I think I've tapped out at 100. What is it? 770. I, it's funny. I, I haven't. I don't really look at the follower count that much. I do for the businesses, but not for myself. But I noticed that I'd lost a follower on Instagram the other day, and I was like, "Who the fuck left my like?" I think you can get apps for that. Mate. You can tr- yeah, I'm getting an app. So when when people unfollow me, I'm going to send them a letter <laughs> and just be like, "What happened?" What did I, what did I not say or what did I say? I don't, I don't understand. 
So not happy with the uh, chicken, chicken, uh, chicken pictures. I'd, I'd, I'm assuming it's probably because all I post is photos of pizza and beer, and then the occasional <laughs> video about business. And I don't know. There's surely a population of at least a hundred thousand out there that just want to run a business and get drunk and eat pizza, right? Where are those people? They're my people. Mm. I just got to find them. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> it might be the US. Yeah, the US is probably said the US. <laughs> but that's definitely a good point. Yeah, I have to start using the right hashtags. Um, I've got no yeah. more questions for you, mate. I don't know if you wanted to ask me anything. If you mentioned at the start, you wanted to have a bit of a chat. Um, I've got yeah all all afternoon available. So if you've got anything you want to ask me, by all means. Certainly interested in in how you've grown your business and, and got it to a, a pretty uh, big level, I suppose. Um, yep. When you say you're busy, like are you working weekends and things like that? Are you are you managing your business so that you're not you're not on the tools or not doing things on the weekend in, in your business? Um, good question. I actually had this conversation with someone the other day. I actually have the business at a point now where I don't really need to work. Um, I've got a uh, general manager, Matt, who is an absolute gun um, and he spreads himself too thin as I do. Um, the, the thing, like I, I could stop now and just let the business run itself and make money and everything would be cool. The reason I work is because I'm trying to grow it and I love what I do. So um, I can be pretty flexible with my hours. Um, I generally don't work weekends. Recently, I've been working on Saturday mornings because we opened another location uh, which doesn't have any customers. So it wasn't sensible for me to have people sitting there doing nothing. So I'd just go there and it would, it would be four hours of me to do some admin and catch up on some stuff. Um, and then now my oldest son, he's eight as well. So I've got an eight-year-old as well. Um, he plays basketball now and he wants me there to, to take him to basketball. So I've stopped working Saturdays to do that. So um, I don't know, like I'd probably work, I work obviously Monday to Friday, kind of seven to four and then probably seven till 10 at night and that's about it really i don't work as much as most people probably think yeah well, that's quite a bit though if you're running seven to four there's your nine hours and then another three hours yeah. in the evening oh dude seven um, till four feels like i haven't got anything done like it's yeah because the thing like you think today right i had i've got a lot of shit that hasn't been done today i've had a I woke up, caught up with my team here this morning, had a 9.30 Zoom call uh, with the supplier for 45 minutes, went straight into town to meet with, uh, our, we've got a software, a company that does SEO for us that's looking to help us with some CRM for our stuff, for our customer relationship management. Straight to a client lunch, looked at a job back here, do a podcast, it's now 3.20. I've got to go back over and meet my team, discuss the week that was, um, make sure that we kind of hit some deadlines that we've probably promised clients or bring those clients and tell them that we aren't going to hit the deadlines, but we'll work on it. And the day's gone and I haven't even opened an email yet. Like, so obviously you've had communication with Lisa more than me throughout this whole period. She's there to protect me from going to jail and losing customers. Yeah. Okay. And what about, um, what about your stock, um, your situation? Have you had trouble um, keeping, keeping it up? nice and full for all your customers over the last 12 months. You mean with like COVID-affected stock availability? Uh, not necessarily COVID, just in general with the, I guess, the boom in the, the industry that we're in. Have you yeah, had okay. trouble no, keeping, keeping... Yeah, so we haven't really been impacted at all like you would have seen in the timber and the steel industry. Obviously, railways uh, where we sell concrete sleepers and sleeper retaining walls and I-beams and C-channels and mesh, it's just 
I don't think we've ever not been able to get stock. It's just the price keeps going up. Um, I would not want to be a timber uh, retailer or wholesaler at the moment. I'd say that would be a challenge. But from an irrigation standpoint, sprinklers uh, haven't been a problem. Drip tube hasn't been a problem. Polypipe hasn't been a problem. Um, electronics hasn't been a problem. Like most of the, the valves and the controllers that we buy come from China or Mexico through the US. Uh, and there's been no delays there. I think one of the reasons, when we opened Dry Creek, which is the other, we've got a warehouse, a massive warehouse in Dry Creek. We, um, the reason we opened that was to be able to hold more stock. So we held, we, we bought more stock than we needed. We were holding almost, I guess, 1.5 months worth of stock, which I don't, that doesn't sound like much, but we can buy stock within two hours because there's obviously wholesalers in South Australia we can go pick it up. So we haven't had any issues um, and I don't think we will. I mean, every year around October, we have supply issues with polypipe. Um, so we're working on making sure that we've got enough pipe now to make sure that we don't have a have an issue then, but it hasn't been an issue. What about you? Did you, you yeah. obviously you get your stuff out of Victoria. Is there much of a leak? Yeah, no. There is on some products, but generally the, you know, I keep my, my options fairly simple for the client. So I don't, don't have 50 different products. There's only a couple really in the landscaping turf. Yep. Um, in the sports turf, that's a bit different. That, there is generally probably a one-month lead time on special orders, but generally I'll keep enough turf inside. I, that's probably the, the challenging part of a sales-based business is that you need to forward um, – it's a bit of guesswork sometimes knowing how, how busy, you know, the months are going to be and you've just got to bite the bullet and haven't been caught out yet. Um, I've got down pretty low on stock and then had, had obviously more turf coming in, for example. But um, I actually enjoy that part. But I like to I like, um, like the spreadsheet type setup where you can actually forecast what's going to happen. And For example, I've just ordered 25 rolls of turf in one order, which is, which is probably my biggest... Um, Biggest shipment in, in one hit. So normally they're yep. sort of you know five or five rolls of each, so which might be a ten roll order. Um, today I've just locked a twenty five roll order. So that's what that, until Christmas. Do they come over individually, or do they put them in a container, or how does that come over? In a container, yeah, that'll be in a container, and then I'll pick it up from the depot. Um, how's what, what, I'm guessing that they put it on. How long does it take? Like that's on a boat. On, on do they have? A small cargo ship, or how are they moving containers between Victoria and Tassie? Yeah, so Tol Tasmania, it's a great big ship, and yeah, that, that obviously brings in you know, hundreds of containers a, a week or whatever. But yeah, generally I allow two weeks, but not on those big orders, they'll get over here within a couple of days. So it's pretty That's impressive. Crazy. I've got a good. Stuff. I mean, it makes sense. That's You've good. got a, an island, a big island, attached to a, a smaller island that's still a big island. Um, that, that you'd have freight moving back and forth. I just, we've had, we do a bit of importing, not a bit, we do a very small amount of importing from Malaysia and the container, like the availability of containers and um, freights has been really, really bad. Like that's one thing in answer to your previous question, we have had a bit of trouble, not necessarily getting stock, but just the cost of shipping it in has, has gone up so much. I actually watched a good video on YouTube about um, the supply and demand of things or objects I suppose and it's all to do with the shipping it's nothing to do with a, a factory not being able to produce enough yep. it's all to do with the shipping um, problem so I feel for you there um, I've got one more irrigation question for you yep 
over the years doing a doing just more general irrigation, I'd use a one inch um, solenoid valve. Um, yep. What brand would you recommend as being the, the very best for a domestic <laughs> project? Oh gosh! <laughs> uh, look, yeah. there's this. I'll give you the politician's answer, <laughs> which is a shitty answer. Um, so we we are um, we stock Rainbird and uh, Hunter and Rickdale valves, right? So they're the three brands. Oh, and I don't, we, have, we don't have Orbit valves, but they're the three like market leading brands that have been around. So when I say Toro, that's Rickdale, which you're probably be familiar with the, the grey valve with the eight screws and the red cables. Yeah. Now. Early early days, that's all I knew. So Rickdale was was the business five year warranty, um, just bulletproof valve. Nothing ever went wrong with them. They kind of that was South Australia owned that market. Then Hunter had an SRV, which became a PGV, which four screw valve, black valve. It's that's been a great valve as well. The warranty's not as long, but it doesn't really need it. Now we probably sell more uh, Rainbird DVFs than anything else, um, and that would purely be because of our. Actually, that's not true. We sell a lot of Hunter and we just sell a little bit more Rainbird. Um, and it would be because of our relationship with Rainbird. We've just got a, um, a select dealership. So we're the, the select dealer for Rainbird in South Australia. So we've got um, priority relationship with them. We get access to things early. There's a lot of other advantages. Um, and that's got a five-year warranty as well, but it's also got a reverse flow. So if that valve um, fails, it'll fail closed rather than failing open. Uh, some people prefer it to fail open so they know that it's failed. But um, yeah, I'd say my house has Rainbird DBS. It, that would probably be the safest answer. Um, but they're all, they, they're all very high quality professional valves. And if you're going to buy, and like for anyone that's watching this, obviously, um, if you can't buy from WaterPro, if you can try and buy from an independently owned irrigation business that stocks professional products, you're going to get you still you, like if if the if the accepted levels here, everything that's sold in professional shops is up here. So you're going to be mm -hmm. fine. You're, yeah. you're not buying shit. Yeah. So what about you? What do you? What's your go-to? What's the what's a strong irrigation brand over there? Who's winning that market? Yeah, Rainbird. Rainbird's yeah. pretty big. Most most computers I install will be a Rainbird. Um, yep. Hunters Hunters quite popular. I, I rate those as a pretty good product, but yep. um, generally, yeah, my, my local uh, irrigation shop, I'm, I'm buying mostly Rainbird in computers yep. and solenoids. Um, yep. And last question, just because you've got a landscaping guard, um, I wonder if some of your some of the viewers or, uh, or listeners want to jump onto my Instagram page and, and check out my work on the Bobcat. I'm just wondering next time I come to Adelaide, do you want me to run a little um, Bobcat stunt workshop when I'm, when I'm open? <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. I don't right. even know if you're right. Is that even, are we allowed to do that? Where can you do that? Private property. Uh, do it at your place. Should be right, won't it? Uh, we need to get a Bobcat, but that shouldn't be hard. Yeah, definitely. I'm keen. <laughs> so what we are we going to do? Can't we? You're, yeah, no, we'll just hire one from Kennards. They, they, they expect you to drive it like you stole it, don't they? Well, um, you're paying, sure. Um, no, so I do a few little tricks on them. So I went to the US um, 2019, 20, November 2019, went over there for a synthetic turf um, conference. And yeah. um, on the way back, according to Phoenix, and there's a guy who I met on Instagram, the Black Sheep Skid. Um, yeah. He's in Phoenix. He, um, he taught me how to do stunts on the Bobcat. I was always interested in it also, you know, we're doing balancing tricks and spins and that type of thing. So I've got a couple of videos and pictures on my Instagram you can check out and definitely oh, give Black Shirt a bit of 
He did oh, some yeah. crazy oh. stuff. He, he's That's been nice. on some pretty decent pictures in the US. So let me know. I'll, I'll, I, I do plan a trip to Adelaide in the near future because we can yeah, now sure, get man. there directly. More than happy to come down on Friday, Friday afternoon, maybe get the barbecue going, get yeah. the water pro, water pro guys there, and I'll do a few tricks for a little bit. That'd be sick. Um, whenever you can, do it. I'd rather do this face-to-face. I hate doing this shit over Zoom. So, um, yeah, as, as yeah. soon as you've got um, – yeah, as soon as you can. Let me know. I don't know what the if we're letting anyone in, but I'm sure Tasmanians let it Tasmanians in because they're all so clean. No one's got COVID in Tasmania. Yeah. So. yeah. All right, man. Well, well, thank I you so much. You on, um, I look forward to seeing you on Strava tomorrow morning with your 5K. <laughs> and you'll get a massive thumbs up from me. I can't believe I have to run 5K tomorrow now. Write <laughs> right, right, it down and get it done. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. I, I, I wish this was a bit less scratchy. I hope that um, the audience are able to get something out of it. Um, if anyone is looking to get in touch with you, I'm guessing Instagram is one of the great ways to do so. We'll link up your your website um, at the bottom of the post as well, um, or in the you know what I mean in the co- in the copy of the the body of the fuck. What am I trying to say? We'll put your details on the out. video. <laughs> we'll sort it out, man. Um, and yeah, if you ever need anything, um, and I'm not talking if you ever need to buy anything, but if you ever need uh, anything that I can help with, don't hesitate to hit me up, man. Like if you need an introduction to someone or, um, uh, yeah, just help with anything. Um, more than happy to um, to help you out. So. Yeah, I really appreciate that, mate. And, yeah, thanks for your time. And like I said, it's um, it's cool seeing, you know, um, cool seeing different stories about just the just the average Joe Blows, I suppose, in the industry and, and learning a bit more about their them and their journey. And, yeah, I'll certainly keep following your, your business and, you're, what are you going for? You're going for $100 million. Yep, $100 million turnover. Where are you at now? now? What's the number? You, We're about... We did a le- uh, yeah, of course, I don't care. I'll fucking put my profit and loss on the internet. I'm, I'm blows me away at how many people are scared to share that information. But uh, we did $11 yep. million last year, last financial year. Um, yep. we, we haven't had a good start you to this year. So. 100. Yeah, 100 I guess I can't... I can see the path to 100 now um, really clearly. Um, yeah. it's now just about doing it. Like we, this last couple of months has given me a good insight around, um, the perfect size irrigation shop from a turnover standpoint. Um, and how, uh, there's not really, there's South Australia, like having a mega warehouse in South Australia for irrigation is probably a little bit too big and just having satellite irrigation shops that kind of turn over two or three million dollars um every half an hour from a drive distance makes a lot of sense to me so is that your, is that your plan though is it just to grow that you know is it is it a different industry where you're going to get that revenue from or is it in that same irrigation space uh there's a few ways so the most simplistic way would be for us to open uh 40 irrigation shops that turn over two point something million average a year yeah yeah and we're done right but as time goes by more opportunities arise and i start to learn different things about things i mean my lawn hub brand my fertilizer brand um will very likely do a million dollars this year and we're not really we've only really just started to kind of walk with that like we haven't even started running um i think lawn hub could be a 20 to 25 million dollar a year business without any trouble at all um, and that's just in Australia without us even looking at going into the US. So 
Um, it just depends. Um, as I'm getting older, I'm, I'm becoming a little bit more thoughtful around my decisions. I've, for a long time, up until probably 18 to 24 months ago, I used to just say yes and then work it out. Um, and I'm probably lucky that it hasn't cost me more financially because there have been some stupid decisions that I've made just because I'm like, yeah, fuck it, we'll do that. So I think you'll start to see the next 10 years will be uh, delivered with more intent, with more thought, um, and you see the numbers increasing a lot quicker. We'll probably do a lot of acquisitions. Uh, you know, there's the intent. Like we basically, we're about a year away to 18 months away from getting the recipe. When I say the recipe, we've got the recipe for how to do this. We just don't have it written down. So as soon as we can get the recipe in a book, which is obviously policies and procedures, that the 10 to 30 million is professionalizing your company, right? Zero to 10, I still have a lot to do with it. You know, the director is, it's a, it's a personality brand. Everyone knows Clint, but 10 to 30, I can't be the face of the company anymore. 10 to 30, I need some really good professionals in the business that are um, understanding the strategic direction of the business, helping me like document those processes and then going out and replicating that across other states and just managing it. Like I, I, the whole thing, I can see it in front of me now. It's really clear what we need to do. Now it's just about doing it as quickly as possible without falling over. Like running. Yeah. 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 Okay. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say. So you're um, when you say acquisition, is that buying other irrigation shops or? Yeah, it's going to be my preferred method now. Um, it'll take me too long to do it any other way. So buy an existing, buy an existing shop that sells products and you rebrand it as your name. Yep. So we would go buy an existing shop that has uh, directors that are either sick of doing it or ready to move or tired or retiring or whatever. Um, we would make sure that the values of those directors are very much in line with the values that WaterPro have because obviously the team that works for them um, are going to come and work for us and we don't want to be too disruptive. Um, I also don't want to yep. go acquire a bunch of people that don't treat customers well and that are disrespectful and that rip people off. Like I want people to you know, have the same values. Um, hopefully go in and help help some, you know, mum and dad businesses that have worked 40 years to build their irrigation shop up, be able to retire. So give them the money they need. Um, obviously, I'm not yeah. going to overpay for anything. Um, and if we can't find a pathway to do that, then we'll just open shops in the areas that we want and we'll, we'll go old school. I'm not really too concerned either way about, around how we do it. I think that there's a massive... Um, there's a big gap in the market for another national irrigation supplier. Obviously you've only got one or two now. Um, and I think that we do things a lot differently. Um, it resonates very well with the higher end residential landscapers. Um, and that, that will be a, a popular and appealing way to do business in most States, but I don't want to be disrespectful either. I want to go into those States um, and be respectful and learn the market and support the locals and buy and like retain the employment of all the people that worked in the business before, like, and just listen a lot. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, that's really interesting. So you're, um, what else was there? Just one more thing. I have one more question I wanted to quiz you on. Um, what was it? What do we have? Can't remember, mate. Can't remember. <laughs> right. oh, are you making money off YouTube? That was the question I had. Uh, yes, I make $200, really? $200 a month, I think. 
So how do you get that money from YouTube? For advertising, is it? Or? I, th- I think it sits there. I, I've, I've never worried about it. It hasn't been the driving force for us doing it. Um, where are we? WaterPro. So WaterPro has got 2,500 followers on YouTube, 2,620. Um, and we are uh, yeah, subscribers. Sorry, subscribers. Yep, sorry, I'm using the wrong terminology. Uh, that's how, like, and so you can track your monetization. The monetization of the channel for me is not about making money. The monetization, the reason I want to monetize my channels is because I believe that YouTube will push my videos in front of more people if they're making ad revenue from it. It's not about me making ad revenue. Yeah. YouTube are obviously making a gap between it. Um, there you go. Yeah. See that? That's the last 28 days. Uh, nothing's coming up. It must be. Right. Here we go. Oh, wrong oh, yeah. camera. Where, last 28 camera days. Yeah. Yeah, no, you now you got it now. So, last 28 days, so 200 bucks. So, you don't know how that came in. It's just through. It's, yeah, it's obviously the day. But, um, there's ads with. It's, yeah, it's all ad Where, What have we got? So, the majority of our videos that are successful are utility videos so how to reset this how to troubleshoot this how to fix this um how to adjust the sprinkler so um that's that's been the success of the channel i think that people kind of go there to watch yeah so the top video uh, in the last 28 days how to adjust the rainbird r van so and then the next top video how to reset an x-core controller so there's that's where the most of it comes from um the revenue what about uh, your clean one? Your clean, your clean, What's that? Um, channel. Oh man, no one, watches, no, no, one, no one watches my clean channel. There's no, um, no money in that one yet. <laughs> no, no, there's not. Um, I, uh, I, like, as I said to you last night, I had last, sorry, as I said last night, I had beers with a mate, a mate of mine who um, has a very successful business. I think he's got 70 staff now. They do really good numbers. And he's been doing yeah. social media for a very long time. He has social media staff. And I, and I said to him, I'm putting out some really good shit here, man. And I said, and no one's watching it. And he's like, I oh, know, me too, man. <laughs> like, it's just, if, if you went and watched, you know, my In the Cars with Clint and just applied it to any business, you would make a lot of money. But yeah, YouTube's, it's a good yeah, YouTube's just a crowded space and I've got 148 subscribers. So you can't make money on YouTube till you've had 1,000 subscribers and 4,000 hours of watched content. Um, once you've got that, you um, so last night I posted on Lawn Hub's Facebook because we were at 991 subscribers and said, Hey, I need your help. And Lawn Hub went to 1,080. So Lawn Hub's now, um, well, a thousand hours worth of watch time away from, yeah. So we've only had 200 hours of watch time on that channel in the last 28 days. So it's very, it's a baby channel. But same deal, Lawn Hub, we're putting out some good content, I think, but. Um, YouTube's a bitch to it's hard man like you got to work really hard or have someone with a really big channel happily share your channel and then um, as long as the content's good because ultimately the content is the, is the is that's where it's going to win or lose um, put out some good content get someone really big to share it and the rest the rest will take care of itself or you yeah, pay but I just I'm not I'm not I don't know like there's definitely some pretty famous people that I could podcast and I just haven't got around to it. Like I just got to message them and organize it. And, you know, I've bumped into some people and we've talked about it and it just hasn't got around. We haven't got around to it. And, um, yeah. I just, it hasn't, it doesn't bother me enough. Right. 
So um, I just, um, I'll just keep chipping away at it. Like it's growing organically. We're, at some point, I'm, I'm assuming I'll pop somewhere and people will watch it. And hopefully, um, you know, more people will watch it and um, it'll help us. Like, yeah, I just, I enjoy doing it. Like I, I love the fact that I can um, sit here in Adelaide and have a conversation with someone I've never met before, understand about their business, post it onto YouTube. Other people can watch it hopefully it helps you and you grow you win a job from it because someone watched the video and they're like oh i was gonna get some turf and i googled artificial turf tasmania i found this podcast this jade guy seems like a really nice guy i'm gonna get him to do the work like if that changes your the course of your day i'm very happy like it, it makes me happy so yeah. well that, that's the, the, the world we're living in with socials and um yeah the google the, the way things do part on google um yeah. Yeah, people find out a lot about your business pretty quickly. Yeah. I think so, if you yeah. start a YouTube channel to make money, um, it's a dangerous game. Like, you, you obviously can do it, and my son wants to be a YouTuber, and I don't think he really understands what that means, but... Um, he does want to be a YouTuber. He does want to be a YouTuber. He's eight, so he wants to drive a green, a green Lamborghini and just play video games for the rest of his life, so... Um, yeah. And I'm not giving him the money, so he's going to have to work out a way to get it himself. So, um, but yeah, I think you, if you, I think you could probably, you, you could probably force your way into YouTube if you really wanted to. Like um, there's a guy called Mr. Beast who worked it out. Um, he's got, he makes a lot of money and he gives a lot of it away. There's, we could probably hack YouTube more. I just, I'm trying to grow a company to a hundred million I'm trying to run three companies at the same time. I'm trying to be a, you can't as do it all. You can't do it all. well, I just need more, t- I need more uninterrupted time and I just don't have it. Like last night, my wife went out for two hours with Jack and I was on my, all well, the other two were asleep and I had two hours yeah. of uninterrupted time. And I was like, far out. Like, what am I, am I going to research NFT projects to buy? Am I going to do some Google ads? Am I going to go through Did our website? Know? Uh, I ended up sending that mate, mate of mine a, a text and just said, hey, do you want to have a beer? Because I sent him, he, him and I drink craft beer and we'd been trying to have a, a Zoom beer for two or three weeks and he's busy as I am. Um, he's in Queensland, so he, he had a bit um, few lockdown problems and he's been travelling. He was in the US for some work as well recently. And he just said, yeah, fuck it, let's do it. So I drank three beers and talked to him for two and a half hours and we solved the world's problems and I went to sleep. So, um, you know, that's... I don't get a I don't get a lot of time to do that, so it was nice to um to be able to do that. So yeah. I don't I'm not either. I don't care. Like the again, I talked about this this morning in the in the car with Clint. Like um I don't have a football team and that doesn't bother me. And I think that um I grew up um in a household with uh, where my parents got divorced when I was two, so um, and my yeah. dad doesn't. My dad goes for port. Doesn't really like. He didn't really go for port. Well, they didn't exist when I was young. So. Football um, Say that again. Do you like football, or you're not really? Do, I, do I like it? I don't care. I go to football games and I don't watch them. So, so I take yeah, clients. The way that the way people describe people from South Australia is that they're all mad about AFL. They're just mad. They go and watch. It. They love it. But I don't care like but I don't care about a lot of shit like I don't care about the Olympics I don't care about like soccer I don't care about football I don't care about 
like I've never seen an episode of Star Wars. I've never watched Breaking Bad. Like I just don't, I want to run my business, build my empire, spend some time with my kids and my wife, get drunk mm-hmm. once in a while with my mates, win the whole yeah. fucking game and then die. Yeah. How old are you like, then? 30, I'm 39 on October the 4th. Okay. Here I go. I'll show you one thing before I go. Yep. You're, you're basically, your face hasn't moved from the screen for about 10 minutes. You've just been frozen. So I, I can't see if you're showing me anything, but be persistent. Hold it up. How's that? I haven't, nothing's changed. Oh, there we go. Now I've got it. Guinness, Guinness World Records. Can you read it or not? I can't. I've lost you now. What does it say? Uh, yeah, so I've got to guess what record a few years ago. I did a, um, I batted in the cricket net, so another thing you probably hate is cricket. Um, yeah, batted in the cricket net. Hang on. Have you turned your camera off? Yeah, I'm just trying to fix it. Yeah. Um, what, you got a world record for batting in the cricket nets? Jared will like this. Yeah. batted in the cricket nets for 25 hours. Fifteen thousand seven hundred and one cricket balls. Fifteen thousand balls. Um, how were the balls? Were the balls being bowled by a human? Were they being bowled by a human? Uh, we had a few hours where they were humans, but I had two bowling machines set up as well. Two bowling machines. Yeah. That. Um, what's the rules when something like that? Do you stop to piss, or you just piss your pants and keep going, or? Yeah. <laughs> I didn't piss my pants, but I um, it was. What was it? Yeah, so every hour you completed, you're allowed five minutes off. So I'd okay. go for four hours and then have 20, a 20 minute break and have a massage and all that sort of stuff. So that, was in, um, that was in 2012. You sound like a very um, focused and driven human being. I think that you apply that kind of um, attitude towards your business and you're going to be a very, very successful man. Um, yeah. I, yeah. I feel confident. It wouldn't matter what industry I was in or, or what I was doing. I would, um, you know, I'd like to think I'd do okay. Whatever, but yeah, it's all about yeah. your attitude and and being passionate about whatever you are doing. Um, I didn't catch that last bit, but yeah, I think you said it's all about your attitude, ultimately. And yeah, and being passionate about whatever you are yeah. doing. Yeah, uh, Christian from Premium Pumps loves being passionate. If you, I don't know if you've watched his, all he talks about was passion, 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 passion. He loves it. Um, I'll let you go. I'm, I've lost your video um, and it's a bit scratchy. Oh, I thank good. you so much. Um, I'll yeah, definitely catch up with you face to face and actually have a proper conversation when you're in Adelaide or when I'm in Tassie because um, I think there's more stuff that we can kind of discover about your business um, and share with our community and vice versa. So thanks for um, making the time. I know it took a couple of weeks for us to get here, but we did it thank you I do appreciate it and um, yeah hopefully we can stay in touch and I will pick you up when I come to Adelaide and do those bobcat tricks yeah for sure man thank you take care see you mate see you mate